This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Hello, I'm Hanif Baharuddin and you're tuned into the show that explores the narratives of iconic landmarks and places in the Klang Valley. A week ago, a fire broke out at Mid Valley Mega Mall, one of KL's popular shopping destinations, if not the most popular. The incident was dealt with swiftly, thankfully, but it got us thinking about the mall and the surrounding areas before it became what it is now. I'm a bit old myself, but not old enough to remember life prior to the mall's existence, so I got the help of our resident heritage conservation expert, Elizabeth Cardosa, to chime in and help us to contextualize the history of the space. Well, people located by the day mall. You know, the mall's been there for over 20 years. I mean, if you think about it, and you're kind of going, which, you know, it was first developed. It first started getting developed before, before the turn of the century. If you know what I mean, you know, before what? So I think it was sort of being developed around the time after they completed uh, the Twin Towers, you know, and, and KLCC development. And this other development was going on, you know, along one edge of the Cathedral Highway or toward the, what people would consider the end of the Federal Highway before it further down what I would call Lawney Road, except, you know, that uh, I think it's Jalan um, Saiputra. Uh, and uh, before you join Old Flang Road, before you kind of get outside it was sort of on the outskirts of KL but you know um, what what was it before it was a, a series of ampo I think you know uh, ampo houses um, it's very hard to say whether it was squatter or not squatter you know but obviously there were people living there there were there were residences there and they all had to kind of relocated uh, and I, I kind of remember vaguely shows my age yeah? uh, you know some things about you know wanting to relocate the people relocate um, because the land was sold yeah and there were temples nearby sort of on the edge of Lembah Pantai um, and you know one associates Lembah Pantai with the Pantai Gate of the University of Malaya, for example. So it really is very much within the Kuala Lumpur boundary and not so far from town. But people kind of think of Mid Valley as a mall, I suppose. Um, but now, you know, there's there are these signs that say Mid Valley City, right? Um, not just mall. And so, and there are several um, developments. It's the Mid Valley Mall, it's the Mega Mall. So, what's a Mega Mall? <laughs> Which uh, looks at the fact that it's sort of um, major retail, you know, hotels in the area. There is the North Point development, which are other high rises there. All the apartments that now are going on around there. And um, the gardens, which came up, uh, which is also a mall um, and retail and office space and hotels, and then and then and then that is kind of you know is on the one side um, uh, flanked by the Federal Highway, and on the other side flanked by the Klang River, I suppose, and then. 
to the West uh, would be actually really surrounded by the federal highway because Angasapuri is kind of nearby and opposite it. And then, you know, in the last, what, under 10 years, we've had the Satya Eco City come up, right? Which is another development in an area that I would associate with uh, Kampung Abdullah Hukum. And so the only kind of, in a sense, reminder of that is is the fact that the LRT station there is called Abdullah Hukum. And um, there is a masjid there, which is a masjid named after Abdullah Hukum. And uh, there is a building, um, you know, and the masjid is on top of a car park. Um, and it's a large mosque, you know, it can accommodate quite, quite a large um, karya, uh, which, because I suppose it caters for, you know, the, the flats that are nearby. Um, if you think about it, it's sort of on the edge of brick fields on one edge of brick fields. So it's actually really quite uh, um, like it's an islet almost, you know, surrounded by, you know, brick fields on the one hand and Bangsa, Jalan Bangsa and Bangsa on the other hand, the Federal Highway, Sepute on the other side, Angkasapuri and, you know, Lembah Pantai uh, and then Bukit, the Angkasapuri Hill, of course, uh, Bukit Pantai. So yeah, how do you classify it? It is a little, it's a, it is quite a substantial development actually in itself. I mean, yeah, like, like you said, yeah, it does look like an island that's surrounded by all these very, if you think about it, very strategic locations. I suppose you know, yeah, like you mentioned, um, Abdullah Hukum, uh, Angkasapuri, Bangsa, quite quite unique in that sense. I, I suppose. And, I and, mean, if you think about it, it's it's actually accessible. It's actually pretty accessible from. Um, you know, the PJ side, if you're coming along, you can enter. If you're coming from Bang side, you can enter it. If you're coming from the KL side, you can enter it. And if you're coming from Brickfields, you can also, you know, access it. So it's actually fairly accessible, except it's, I always find it awfully, awfully jammed. Every time you try to get there, it's like, it's like, Mega jams. I don't. I don't know whether it's because of the road systems, whether it's because of the density of the place, uh, whether it's because you know there are, um, it you, the traffic flow takes you around the complex, right? You kind of have to go around uh, if you're coming. Well, my access is usually from the Federal Highway. Uh, from PJ heading toward that. And so you kind of have to go around Mid Valley, make a mall, around North Point, and then get toward the garden side and go around there, you know. And so it is one big circuit. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's not really my mall of choice as well in terms <laughs> of going there because of, because of the congestion, I suppose. Uh, but I mean, it's it's got masses. It's It's actually, I think it's, the combination of uh, Mid Valley Mega Mall and the gardens, um, I think it's it must have really, a, if you add the two together um, in terms of retail commercial space, it will have a lot of, of retail space. And I remember 
many years ago um, when when I was looking at that, you know, I was kind of involved in something related to uh, looking at malls around the place. Um, I, what I learned at that time was the clientele at Mid Valley Mega Mall was mainly Malaysians, domestic. Um, there were KL people, but uh, a lot of it was Malaysians from out of town because we were looking at the profile, for example, of people who went to you know, the clientele at Wan Utama. Which was uh, supposed to be was you know in one utama with its many developments you know it's one utama one one utama two new new wings coming up all the time and all of that um, that that was considered um, I don't know whether the profile is still the same I I imagine it's probably still about accurate must um, have been about eight years ago uh, looking at that I I think the Wanutama was supposed to get a lot of domestic KL Klang Valley people. Uh, Mega Mall was supposed to get a lot of Malaysians, locals, uh, but from out of town. I mean, uh, alongside the KLites, yeah? Then there was, of course, KLCC and Pavilion, which got a lot of international. So they, they, they were catering to different profiles. And then you had, uh, you know, Laoyat Plaza and Sumaiwan Plaza and um, uh, Times, Burjaya Times Square. All of it, all of those, they kind of, if you look at what shops are in there, they kind of replicate each other to to some degree. Uh, but um, maybe they will have flagship shops, stores or higher end or whatever, catering to to their, their slightly different profiles. Um, so I think I think that it's not my mall of choice either because of but I but I suppose no mall is my mall of choice so I'm not a mall person. Um, no, that's not true. I do do small malls. You know the ones that are just in like one building and don't have that number of square feet of, of uh, retail space. Um, but uh, I think that it's it's sort of a provides certainly because it's so huge and it has the north court and the center court and the south court sides um you know it, it and it's many layers uh, many stories uh, many levels it's got a cinema or cinemas right um it's got a convention center i think um you know which where, where they hold big exhibitions and activities of that kind and of course, that's the food and the big everything. Um, but I think what is most interesting about it is the fact that, um, and I think they they talk about it themselves. You know, the the the, the mall owners um, and the developer about the fact that they are the only mall that has a Hindu temple built into the mall in the middle of the mall, um, and they are they they are extremely proud of it. You know about how they resolved um, the problem of the Hindu temple being there, uh, whether it was it was meant to be relocated um, and how through various negotiations and conflict resolution, they were able to, uh, the temple was able to re remain there, get rebuilt, enlarged, 
given more land. And I think um, it's supposed to, is believed to contribute the fact that the temple is there um, is one of the factors that, um, you know, the mall proponents say, you know, uh, you know, shows that you can successfully redevelop and yet remain and retain your cultural relevance to its community. So I think that that's probably one place that if you are looking at all the other malls around, you know, that have retained that one element um, that you don't really see at the other malls in KL, do you? What was the, I guess, conversation like surrounding that? Because I think on, on one hand, you could perhaps celebrate it, but on the other, maybe some people can use it as an argument to say, oh, it's commercialism, I guess, triumphing, you know, in a different way, I suppose. Like, I think that that uh, the argument was that, you know, um, they were there, uh, whether they owned the piece of land on which, you know, they, they were built on, but nevertheless, they had their, their congregation you know, um, who worshipped there. And um, and therefore, they felt that, they, you know, there was a feeling that we were here before you. And therefore, by our very presence, uh, we take claim ownership, um, even though you may own the land because you purchased it, but, you know, we claim longevity. And I think that there was a period of negotiation, um, and I, you know, and their stories about you know when the contractor tried to remove them, um, certain things happened uh, that were couldn't be explained in in rational or scientific ways, or you know, um, so they ended up agreeing. The owners, um, the land developers, ended up agreeing. Um, to retain the temple where it was, to allow it its continued presence and to continue to provide a space for its um, use. And I've seen actually, once I was there, it just happened to be there one, one evening, many, many years ago, about six or so years ago, um, when there was a procession um, and and it was a religious celebration from the temple and they had moved a chariot around from the temple and it had gone around it was kind of like a blessing you know to the area um and so so that that was part of their celebration i think it would have been a route that maybe they would have done previously uh without the mall in its place uh, but now, despite the fact that the mall was there, they were still able to carry out their religious uh, practices. So I think it's kind of, you know, it's lauded as a symbol of um, demonstrating how, how the commercial can um, sit comfortably cheek by jowl with the traditional and the cultural. Um, so if you want to take it, you know, it depends on how you want to approach it. Lah. That was our resident heritage conservation expert, Elizabeth Cardosa, talking about Mid-Valley Mega Mall. We're going for a short break. Stay tuned. I'm Hanif Baharudin and you're listening to I Love KL on BFM 89.9.
BFM 89.9 you listening to I Love KL bringing you closer to the people and places of our capital city I'm Hanif Baharudin with me today on the show is heritage conservation expert Elizabeth Cardosa and we've been chatting about the history of Mid Valley Mega Mall we're going to continue the chat by looking at what was in the area before the mall was built I think that people would maybe my age or not even as old as me but you know may remember uh, before Bangsa, you know, developed to what we know Bangsa and Bukit Mandaraya is now. Uh, if you were going down from the city, uh, past Travis Road uh, with brickfields inside, and then down Jalan Bangsa um, toward Pantai, Lembah Pantai, you would you would see on the on the one side if you're heading from KL out of the city, on the one side you would see Bangsa being developed. At which used to be a rubber estate, and and then you know that was developed. On the other side was the railway track that led to the railway station and to brickfields, and um, and there would have been so the train was quite obvious. The track was there; it's still there. Uh, it's now all double tracking and electrified and things like that with fences. Looks a bit different. There were flats, not very high-rise um, walk-ups or you know, so four stories um, older flats um, there were houses and um, toward the end of uh, this Jalan Bangsa before it hit Pantai on the one side you had the TNB uh, development station and the TNB headquarters rather um, ahead of you you would see Ankasapuri, these are all landmarks yeah from the 1960s. And then to your left, uh, if you were looking at it from KL, looking, you know, was this kampung. Uh, and it was always called Kampung Abdullah Hukum, you know. And so you then go into who's Abdullah Hukum, you know, how is he related to uh, the development of Kuala Lumpur. And, and as a trader, um, you know, he, he, he uh, is related to um, having uh, lived there, built uh, his kampong and, uh, you know, set up, uh, uh, having traded and developed uh, KL um, because he contributed to the commercial success of Kuala Lumpur. And, but he lived in, in, in that area as well, um, outside of, slightly outside of the city center. Um, and uh, it was this series of sort of more kampong style houses and um, so sort of more informal, uh, what would appear to be informal, yeah, from if you're on the, on the road. And, and so you're kind of looking at it and, and then all of a sudden one day, um, it disappears <laughs> because there's going to be um, a major uh, new development, which is completed now, I think more or less completed, you know, which is several, several high rises. It's um, called Eco City. And um, it, uh, you know, has, has this, so it's this major new looking development as well, sort of modern, extremely modern development, high-rise, which has wiped out 
uh, this this in a sense story, yeah, or memory of uh, what Kuala Lumpur would have been in the past, uh, made up not just of the the commercial city center and the built up town grid, you know, but on the edges then. You know, as it as it gets more informal and and there's kampong, um, there is although you know in the Brickfields area, off of the Brickfields area, near Travis behind Travis Road where the railways were, uh, you had brick apartments, but low rise. So the scale of it, yeah, is not what you see. Forty story buildings. You know, the scale of it was two story up to four story. So your 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 sense of scale, or what you see now, is completely different. So what previously my age showing, um, I would have noticed the train. Now you don't notice the train anymore because the train track kind of gets obliterated by um, these mega high rises, you know. Um, and there's not only the elect, not only the KTM train track. Uh, but also the um, uh, on the on the one side uh, that leads to ATM leads from uh, through Sapute and you know from Suramban. If you take even a train from KLIA, you know you take the train uh, going toward KL Central, right? And 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 the old railway station um, on the one side, on the uh, federal highway side, but on the Bangsa side, you now have the LRT track. But you know, even the LRT. When was the LRT? You know, it, it, it's a nineteen nineties development. So if you think about it, it's well, it's you know, it started in the nineteen nineties. It was ready for the Commonwealth Games in nineteen ninety eight. You think about KLCC. It was a nineteen nineties development. You know, you know. Now we talk about we are now in twenty twenty three. So it's. Over twenty-five years ago, um, when these things were already there in place, and I think that going back to your mid-city, uh, mid-valley mega mall, uh, mid-valley, the first part of the mid-valley development was already there from, I think, the late nineteen nineties, you know, into the early two thousands. Um, so the whole, I think, the whole notion of this mega mall. Malls were not huge. You know, this mega mall was kind of like one of these, the fact that they called it a mega mall, right? You know, um, it was not just sprawling um, and, and, and took up a large area, you know. Uh, it, it was really quite dramatic in the sense of where it was located. You saw it. You didn't have to go far to see it. You know, it was right there on the highway. It was very obvious. You wouldn't miss it. So yeah, that's that's big value for you. Did it change the? I, I guess I mean, if you think about it, the late nineties, it was also the period where it was the beginning of the proliferation of the. I would like to think the first phase of of the malls, you know, propping up in 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 our city. I think that there were um, other shopping complexes. They were called that. Yeah. Uh, didn't have that much uh, that that amount of retail square foot space, and um, if you think about within KL City Center, 
there were several which were next to each other, you know, Sungai Wan Plaza and Indi Plaza and BB Plaza. And they were all Lao Yat Plaza. They were all next to each other on the one side of the, the, the between uh, Imbi Road and Sultan Ismail and Bukit Bintang Road on the one side. On the other side, you had uh, what is now called Fahrenheit. I think it used to be called KL Plaza and uh, Lot 10, for example, you know, on the other side. Uh, so within a very small area, if you walked 500 meters, um, you would hit something like six to eight more malls, but six to eight shopping complexes. They were not called malls. And then just imagine that all of that, the six to eight, getting amalgamated into one huge one, right? Starting first with Wanutama, but it wasn't so big. You know, we had, in Peter, we had Atria. We had, well, now Starling. Yeah, you, you're right in the sense of, you know, they were much more modest in scale. In town, we had uh, Ampang Park. And toward Ampang, we had Ampang City, you know. And they were all much more modest. And then you just amalgamate all of these and then you plonk it in one place and you cut, and then it becomes a mega mall. Yeah. So it, it's a. Uh, Whereas KLCC, of course, um, was built as this, Surya KLCC was, was built as this um, really upmarket, you know, demonstrating, look at us, we are here and we're here to stay. Uh, and, and we're big and we're grand and we're beautiful and we cater to the beautiful people. Um, and we cater to foreign visitors as well. Um, Mid-Valley Mega Mall, I think, was not catering, whether it was by design or by accident, I don't know. But if you went in there, it was very local, you know, you, you saw Malaysians. You might see foreigners, but you would see it was really very much a multicultural, Asian-looking population, you know, user. It wasn't... Um, they weren't obviously uh, foreigners um, in terms of the population. When, when they first started, it started on a much smaller scale than it is. But even then, it was huge. Um, so, so, yes, I think um, in a sense, you're right. It, it kind of, it was part of that early trajectory into the huge malls that we now have. Um, and continue to have. And I think that, uh, you know, I still wonder, you know, do we need another mall? Like um, someone I know once said, um, like we need a hole in the head, but um, just how many malls can the city uh, cater for? Um, or, or, But they, it provides, you know, it, it, they, you, you get everything in one place, your high end, your low end. Uh, you had, um, I remember they, they, you know, MCH before Borders, you know, the, the huge bookstore. Um, when bookstores were the flavor before we bought everything or got everything on our, you know, digital, uh, <laughs> digital uh, where we're reading everything in 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 soft copy or PDF, you know, 
um, where we used to go and sit and have our coffee. And, and people would, would um, hang out at the mall because it was a bit of eye candy. You could kind of look around. It was in a relatively safe environment. It was open and cool and um, there was things to entertain you, you know. Uh, without having to spend too much money except on parking. And and even like Midvalley, even up to today, doesn't charge an extraordinary amount for your parking. So if you can find parking, that is. Um, but given the number of cars I see going in there, I'm not sure. I mean, they must have huge basement parking uh, facilities uh, available, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I think that... Um, it certainly was part of that early trend. And I think they've tried to remain relevant by, you know, with the addition of the gardens, which is the same development developer, but just to a slightly different audience, to a, you know, slightly more upmarket brands. Uh, but I don't think Mega Mall Mid Valley is by any means a, uh, you know, it certainly is is a middle class and upper middle class uh, um, playground, so to speak. Mm. And what I like about um, the information that you told us earlier about how um, the demographic also seems to be quite interesting because it's Malaysians, but Malaysians from all over the country, right? As opposed to just yeah, local yeah. allies, right? People, people would, um, I mean, I know people who, who, if they were to come to KL from out of town, We'll go to Mid Valley. Uh, and I go like, why do you go to Mid Valley? It's like, I don't know. You know, it, it seems to attract that that particular audience profile. Um, I mean, I think that that the ones who go to other malls, which are either more neighborhood malls, because I live closer to the area, um, I may be more familiar with it, you know, that kind of thing. Or the the high end, um, very foreign, you know, catering to foreign audiences, um, big flashy, you know, big brand. But I think I I think that between gardens and Mid Valley and you know whatever Eco City, uh, which has which has I think it's not so much retail as accommodation. Well, I think there's some residential and office. Um, use. But the fact that you can go from the LRT station um, at Abdullah Hukum and cross overhead bridges, cross from, uh, you know, Eco City using the LRT, you know, from the LRT station, cross over the river um, safely because there's a pedestrian bridge toward uh, the gardens. And then even that, the gardens and Mid Valley Mega Mall are linked also by an overhead bridge. You 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 have protection from sun, you have protection from rain. And if you think about the distance between um, the LRT station, which is off of uh, Jalan Bangsa, and um, the Mid Valley itself, you know, Centre Court, it's probably something like a, a kilometre. But you can walk undercover so in our weather 
it, it probably is a, a good thing. And it also, because they have now opened those those walkways, yeah, it has made uh, the area, I think, more connected for, for people who live and work in, in the area. You've been tuning in to I Love KL and that was our resident heritage conservation expert Elizabeth Cardosa talking about a modern landmark Mid-Valley Mega Mall. That's all we have for this episode of I Love KL. If you've missed any part of the show you can check out the podcast at bfm.my slash ilovekl our app which you can find via Google Play and the App Store and you can also find this podcast and many others on Spotify. Don't forget to also follow the station on Twitter at BFM Radio. My name is Sanif Baharudin and you have been tuning in to I Love KL bringing you closer to the people and places of our capital city. Stay safe and join us again next week only on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.